Hi there. You just caught me reading my brand new book, Twin Peaks Unwrapped. The book, me and my co-host Ben Durant wrote this last year and is now finally out at bluerosebag.com. This book contains over 100 interviews with cast and crew, community commentary, and of course, us. For example, here are some of the fine folks you'll find in this wonderful book. Krista Bell, Charlotte Stewart, David Patrick Kelly, Jim Belushi, John Neff, Scott Frost, Cheryl Lee, Matthew Lillard, and the one, the only, Kyle McLaughlin. So get your copy today at bluerosemag.com. Sabrina Sutherland, executive producer of Twin Peaks. So going back to the, the origins of the new Twin Peaks, yeah. he and Mark started writing, and I don't know, however many months went by, he finally confided in me, okay, we're writing something. And he started giving me an idea of what was going to be happening. So I could put my head to it as well. They, they got to one point where they had two scripts and kind of ideas. And that's what we went to Showtime with. And I had a budget and a schedule that I did based on David's ideas, what he told me he was hoping to do. Yeah. There were some things that aren't in the show. Um, some of those things I had to I had to say, you know, we're not going to be able to afford those yeah. at all. Even the things that we have in there now, we had to figure out ways because we didn't have, you know, an endless budget. We had a very small budget for yeah. our show, believe it or not. So <laughs> I had to try and figure out ways of dealing with this. Unwrapped. I'm your host, Ben Durant, and beside me is... Brian Kazaska. Hi, Brian. Hey, Ben. How are you this week? Doing great. Doing good, doing yeah. good. Yeah, you? I'm on a high after last week's uh, 25 years of uh, Wrapped in Plastic Yeah, episode. that was a, such a special show. I mean, it was. it was so awesome to have so many of the Twin Peaks community come together and honor both the magazine and John Thorne. I mean, that was pretty special. And a big thank you to everybody who called because... That was awesome of you. Yeah, there was so. I mean, just to have all the people that we know that they, they did that, and then to have a few like you know surprises, surprises. Mark Frost. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was, was that was pretty special. That very was like, special. Oh. And and I know John really appreciated it and he liked it. And yeah, and I was kind of hoping we he were going to hear Scott Ryan sing. What? Courtney <laughs> cut him off. Why you have to do that, Courtney? And I kind of was hoping to hear him sing because I am a huge Scott Ryan fan. When it comes to his singing. When I heard that he got cut off, I almost reached out to Scott and said, I want you to record something. We'll put it at the end of the show, but... <laughs> yeah, it didn't work out that way. It didn't work way. out that, no. Next time, Scott. So we've got a new partnership with yes. 25 Years Later Site.com. 
So Andrew Grievous, he's been on the show before. Yep. He and, and us, we're, we're, we're getting together. We're going to partner up. And, and what that really means is it's just a way for us to really connect. You know, we have some of the writers from mm-hmm. their website who come on and they can share their articles, what they're doing. And I think it just, it's going to work. It's going to be a wonderful thing, I Cross- think. Cross... Promotion. Promotion. Yeah. I really love what they do over there. You know, we had John Bernardi, a friend of the show. He's been really involved with that website. And I just like what they're doing. I think they do. They put out great stuff every day. Fantastic work. Yeah. Yeah. Great people. So Mm -hmm. it's really, I think it's wonderful that we're going to get to be able to work with them more. Yeah. It's very cool. And on today's show... We actually have a uh, writer and editor of that webpage. Yeah, Laura Stewart. She's going to be talking about the UK Fest. Also on today's show, because we have the Criterion Collection of Fire Walk With Me finally out on Blu-ray, we get to get lost in Twin Peaks with Joel Baco. Yeah, it's been a long time since we've had Lost in Twin Peaks segment, so it's great to have Joel back to talk about that. So let's get started. So with David... At one point, there was a script, kind of, that he kept writing, and we'd go, we'd shoot, and he'd go home, and we'd, he'd be writing. Right. So I'd be working with him, getting down what he was changing or what he was writing new, new scenes, whatever. I'd, I'd type them up, I would print them out, the next morning I'd show up and give them to the actors, give them to, you know, script supervisor, the DP, you know, first AD, and say, here, we're shooting this today. Yeah. So there was a lot of that. Yeah. But... David has everything in his head, so even experimental things that that weren't written down, he would still have um, ideas on set. So something else that, even though he has everything in his head, something new will come out and he'll say, okay, I want to do this, and then you just have to be prepared for it. So it's never done until it's done. So we're on the phone with Laura Stewart. She's from 25 Years Later site. Hi, Laura. Hi guys, how are you going? Good. Good. So, so <laughs> recently, it was only what a few weeks ago. We had the Twin Peaks UK Fest. You got to go. How was that? Oh, it was genuinely the best weekend I can remember <laughs> in my adult years. <laughs> oh. and, was this the first uh, time you got to go, or have you been before? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no. This is my first time. I, I think um, I probably didn't know about it too much when I was younger, and yeah. I have a four-year-old, so that That's kind of hard. scuppered. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Any chance of leaving for that length of time? So, but now he's kind of old enough. I think that I felt okay about it. <laughs> nice. Can you give me like a tour of? I arrived on the Friday night, and I'd already um, arranged to meet up with some other fans that I'd met online. I don't think I've ever actually met any real Twin Peaks fans in real life <laughs> before. So, so it started on the Friday night. Really, we went to a pub in Crouch End where the the festival was so we met a few people on the Friday night and then again then on the Saturday morning Um, but by which point they're all in Costume. Is that the same person that I met? But, but no, there were some really fantastic costumes as well. Saturday morning, um, we had a queue get in, and then when we did, we sort of met with a fantastic merchandise store. We got all freebies, wonderful T-shirts, mugs, mm. coffee, David Lynch coffee. <laughs> uh, That's good coffee. It is. David yeah, coffee. it is good coffee. I only needed one cup. To keep me awake for the entire weekend. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It'll do it to you. Yeah. And then I think we went straight then uh, into the main hall. Uh, inside the main hall was the glass box. Uh, yeah. really I really almost pi- saw some perfect. pictures of that. It looks yeah. great. It, yeah. really, it really was. Oh. And it was a genius idea, really, because... 
um, it was a perfect photo opportunity because yeah. everyone just got, got in, in the, the box. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, straight away. So, yeah, everybody was just straight in there, great photos, everybody in in costume, in great photos in a, in the glass box. So, right. yeah, perfect. Great. I saw online there was, a like, the cat, the, the people that showed up as the guests there. Yes, like, yes. Like, Sabrina yeah. and the others all got in the box together. I thought that was a nice, yeah. nice picture. Moving slow yeah, motion. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of uh, pretending to be <laughs> Cooper That's so flying cool. in the box. Yeah. yeah, it really, really was. I'm always uh, impressed by Lindsay and, and, and the sh- like the showmanship of it. Like, it, mm. they always decorate it and the way that yeah. they put it all together. And it, it seems oh. like a lot of fun. We gotta Absolutely. go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You do. You do. I think. Yeah. You gotta come over next year. And, and we, this is gonna be a yearly thing now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, we saw <laughs> some of the people that we met at the um the Washington the one. Washington one. Uh, you yeah. did you you got to meet Christian right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes. And, uh, and it was like yeah, a dream because I was, I think Christian was my first online friend. Oh really? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. He kind of welcomed me into the fold. So to actually meet Christian was yeah, it That's was something. really special. So yeah, we had a really great weekend, and you know, just actually talking face to face, it's bizarre when you. You feel like you know someone really well. Yeah. That you've never yeah. Met before, but it was as if, yeah, like we had met a thousand times before. They were just like, oh, and here you are. <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> something to say about the Twin Peaks community. Uh, ben and myself, mm-hmm. we went to the Great, uh, great, great Southern, Southern two years ago. Was yeah, it? we last met year or, yeah. all these people that we've had on the show or we met online, and it was like you've known them all your life. It's yeah. very yeah. bizarre. I mean, I think it's just yeah. because we're, we have so much in common. With yeah. Twin Peaks. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, you know, I was kind of nervous before, thinking, "Oh my God, I hope I actually get on with these people that I've spoken to yeah. <laughs> online." <laughs> but but no, and it, like the second you got there, it was kind of welcome to the family. Come here, you're just part of us, and it was like we had always known each other. Yeah, you know, it was yeah, beautiful. <laughs> there was a Q and A. How was that? Getting to hear from the- so. Oh yeah, well there was two. There was Sabrina's own Q and A on the Saturday. She did one of her own, which was interesting. Was the conversation about returning to Twin Peaks already in motion by the time the missing pieces came around, or you know, did did Lynch have any idea that some of that material would end up tying in to the show? No, actually, uh, the deleted scenes was started prior to Mark and David even meeting. Right. So they, uh, you know, David, we were working, and Mark wasn't a part of the deleted scenes because he didn't do Firewalk with me. So it was just David going through everything. And I think having those ideas in his head, he brought those, once he and Mark started talking, he brought those ideas to the project. Was there there ever a conversation about recutting the film altogether? Which? Cutting the um, deleted scenes back into Firewalk with me. There, there was conversation of that. Yeah, and I think maybe at some point David would do that. Right. Um, that would be in the future. Yeah. But it certainly is something that he would want to do versus, you know, what I think somebody has already kind of put stuff in, and I think it's um, something that David would want to do in a different way. Yeah. It was quite cool to know that he was aware of the fan edit, and he was like, oh, yeah, no, you should perhaps put it together. Yeah. And I think the other thing which was interesting about the missing pieces is that is probably what caused or um, made season three happen Um, (laughs) because uh, Sabrina was working with David on the missing pieces and Mark was speaking to him and apparently they decided probably off the back of that to uh, write season three. So 
Mm. Wow, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. Did you... Entirely over Skype. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Heard that. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It is. And, uh, and Mark had nothing at all to do with the production, but he did visit the set, but that right. was it. And yeah, got to didn't... act in it. Yeah, right. yeah. Act in it. yeah. <laughs> and I heard about the Log Lady stuff being mm, Skyped, yeah. uh, David Lynch Skyped that whole scene, like he directed he direct... from Skype. Wow. Uh, Catherine Coulson scenes were shot before the rest of the series, and, 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 and is, is that not the case? No. Oh, okay. okay. No. So could, could you talk about shooting those particular scenes? Sure. Well, I can say that um, Catherine's wonderful, and she had always planned on coming. Right. We thought, you know, she had told us, she had told me, I talked with her, yeah. she talked with David, um, she was going to come. And we're, you know, I'm trying to arrange a schedule of figuring out when, you, you know, uh, we shot both in Washington and L.A. We would want her in both places. Then she wasn't sure if she was going to be able to make both, so we were thinking, okay, how can we make all of her scenes to be in one place? Then we, you know, it was kind of interesting because she said, well, she wasn't sure if she'd be able to fly, and that... Then she said, well, I can fly, but I have to bring my daughter with me. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. And she kind of said, well, I'm not doing so well. So, you know, maybe I'll need oxygen. So then I was looking into getting a plane for a, a, like one of those medical planes. And thinking, wow, you know, this seems a little bit more serious. I don't know if she can do it or, but she's still saying she can do it. She just wanted to do it. She did not want to not do it. And it wasn't until um, a friend of David's who's writing his book right now, Christine McKenna, was there interviewing her for the book. And she called and she said, Catherine can't get on a plane. I don't know what she's telling you, but she can't get on a plane. And that's when we knew. And so I think the next day I had um, Noriko and um, they hired a crew locally. And we arranged everything. Noriko went with uh, cards and um, some information. And then David and I, we Skyped right. and that day and shot with her. But that was maybe three weeks into or four weeks into when we were in Washington. Right. So it, it was, we thought she was coming up all the way until she wasn't coming up. Yeah. And so then the next day we were able to arrange it. Luckily, all her friends, you know, did such a, a great job in getting a crew there, having her available, and, you know, she wanted to do it. Yeah. And it was wonderful. Yeah, those scenes are so beautiful. And, um, I, and I think she passed away four days later. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really touching, actually. It was probably one of the nicest things that... Um, so, she and uh, Catherine Coulson had wanted very much to go and film. And then she died four days after filming. Wow. So wow. Really, I, I didn't know it was that, you know, soon after. Yeah, so, I know. So, but I'm so glad she got to do it. And yeah, that's, yeah. Special. that's incredible. Really, it's like kind of she held out yeah. <laughs> till the end. And, and yeah. what a proper, I mean, season three, I think it gave us such a, uh, a great uh, goodbye, a, a tribute yeah. to her. Her and her character. And yeah. you don't see that very often no. in a show. Where no, it's both. No, no, yeah, exactly. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. That was really nice to hear. 
And you got, did you get to meet some of the actors? Can you share with us yeah. that experience? <laughs> I think I was completely uh, dumbfounded by everyone. Oh. I couldn't speak, <laughs> especially Michael Horse. Oh. I actually said to him, I don't really, I can't even speak to you. <laughs> but he was so lovely. He was the nicest guy and he was even cooler than Hawk, I think. And I know that's wow. bizarre because yeah. it's almost impossible, but he really was. <laughs> he was so sweet and yeah. and so funny. And uh, he got up on stage and sang with James Marshall, that which so was cool. amazing. And he was so good. And so did Amy Shields, to be fair. She sang the Just You girl bits. <laughs> Talk about that. What an experience to actually be there and see that. I, mean, I was a little I, jealous. Was, yeah. yeah. I know, and I did cry. Oh. There's no way I wasn't going to cry because like, I'm never going to see anything like this happen. Yeah. yeah, it's incredible. It's just you know, it was so good. And James Marshall's was such a good guitarist. He's really good, <laughs> really um, surprisingly good as well. We were kind of blown away by that. So that was great. And, and um, such a nice guy too. He's such yeah, a nice guy. he is, and very shy, very shy. Yeah, <laughs> bless him. But but really sweet. And so he was lovely to speak to, and Sherilyn was lovely as well. She was, uh, you know, <laughs> there was long queues because she spent so long talking to everyone, which was a lovely thing. You know, oh, she really yeah. spent time with people. Um, I think she told me that she'd been watching a program about the Moors murders. And I'm like, oh, well, that's probably not good. But, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but no, she, you know, she really found time to speak to everyone. And, oh. you know, she wears a heart on her sleeve. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, she's, she's a sweetie. <laughs> yeah, we got to see her. At, we got to see her at the Washington Fest, and she yeah. is so nice. And mm. but she's probably my favorite. Audrey is my favorite character, probably besides Cooper yeah. on the show. So it's yeah. like yeah. I don't even know if I've ever said this. I don't even know if I should say this on the show, but it's like I almost cried to see her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just because like, it was like, oh my gosh. It's yeah, so it was fun. a it was a big thing. It was a big it thing a big to thing. actually meet her. It really was incredible well, to meet the ball. Laura, how long have you been a fan of Twin Peaks? <laughs> Far too long for my age. Uh. <laughs> I watched it. I was 10 when I first watched it. Um, and I probably shouldn't have watched it when I was 10. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's young. I can remember my dad used to uh, let me stay up whilst my mum was out somewhere. I don't know. And uh, I don't think he probably realized just how uh, violent and strange it, it was going to end up being. Yeah. By which point I, he couldn't say no because I was in love with Bobby and <laughs> if he didn't let me watch it. So, and then it, so it stayed with me ever since, really. And, you know, I've just kept on watching it and watching it throughout. David's decision, temporary decision to depart the show. And I, and I think this got kind of convoluted because of what he tweeted out. Right. But it wasn't money for him. It wasn't like his money. It no. wasn't like what he was going to get paid or no, anything. But not. people assumed that, I think. Um, but it had nothing to do with that. The problem that we had with Showtime was they came to the show thinking it was a TV series and it was an episodic show. Yeah. David, in his head, it was always a feature film. Yeah. Okay. It's two completely different things when you think budgetarily and you think of um, production-wise. They're it's completely different. Yeah. So it was converting Showtime to understand that it was going to be a feature film. Right. And, and so once they could understand that, um, and the other thing was, <sighs> David's interesting. When it, traditionally you look at a script and a page traditionally is about a minute of screen time. Yeah. So they looked through the script and they said to themselves, oh, this is a nine episode show. Yeah. For David, he, he looks at it and he says, well, it's not nine. Um, it's 
possibly 10, it could be 12, it could be 14, but it's not nine. And that was a huge thing for them to understand. Right. Plus, he wanted to write more. Yeah. So there was a lot there was a lot that they didn't understand. So it was kind of having them understand that it was a feature film yeah. and there were more than nine episodes. Yeah. And then once we got that, Showtime was great. Am I right there was a contest and were you a part of some contest? Uh, I was, there's, um, yeah, the, there's a quiz. Okay, get to tell us more. <laughs> they put, yeah, so this was happening on the Saturday night and uh, it was uh, it was really annoying because I wanted so much to watch The Art Life. I haven't seen The Art Life yet. Yeah. But uh, I thought I'm so competitive, I can't not do the quiz mm -hmm. <laughs> either. So I chose to do the quiz instead of watching The Art Life. So I'm going to have to catch up with that. So it was myself and, um, and uh, three other teammates, Mark O'Brien, Stuart Gardner and George Teed. <laughs> and we called ourselves the Chet Desmonds or Chester Desmonds. <laughs> and, yeah, and we won. We won. We Congratulations. We won and we got every single question right. And not, not just that, all of the bonus questions right as well. Wow. So, yeah. You guys are good. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to have to go back every year now just to defend my title. There you go. Nice. Yeah, and it, do, it did you get a prize? Did you get anything for winning? I had loads, well, we had it to kind of share it out between us. So I've got a few different Blu-rays and lots of owl-related jewellery. Nice. <laughs> <And> <laughs> bugs, all sorts of different things. We shared it out between us. So, yeah, and some took home things for their wives. Bless them. Wow. <laughs> <So> <laughs> no, it's good. Really good. Yes, I'm going to live off that. I'm going to dine off the back of that forever. <laughs> <laughs> and so you're working on a piece uh, about the UK Fest for 25 Years Later site. Is that right? Yes. I am, yeah, uh, yeah. Typing as we speak. <laughs> and what were you, do you have an angle, or are you, are you kind of just sharing everything that you've done, or? or? Yeah, I think I am. It's, it's going to be just a very personal piece, really. I think it's just what I did. <laughs> so it's not going to be the same as everyone else. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm. It's kind of how I felt about it as well. I kind of, uh, I, I'm not a reviewer, so I'm not really doing that. It's just my personal feelings about the whole thing. You know, it, I was so happy throughout the whole weekend. <laughs> I didn't oh. stop laughing. And my cheeks <laughs> actually hurt by the end because <laughs> I was grinning for so long. Uh. So, I did, yeah, it surpassed expectations by a long way, I think. Cause That's awesome. I, yeah, you do worry that you think, oh, no, what if it's not as good as I <laughs> bigged it up to be? But no, it was far, far better than I could ever imagine, definitely. Cool. Now, did the Double R, I think that's the name of the group, the mm. Double R, do anything? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Double R Club, yes. Yeah. Oh, they were fantastic. Um, so funny. Um, anyway, and... They got a Blesk show uh, with Eliza Delight, who, funnily enough, actually, I think, comes from my hometown because I thought, I know you. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. So world. when I saw her stripping off, I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know you. <laughs> I know you. <laughs> <laughs> now you really know her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> um, yeah and so they were brilliant. It was even a sort of... Um, dance around the woodsman it was a weird sort of jackpot woodsman-esque scene i can't wow. really explain it, yeah. it was odd very 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 funny and uh em Brule, who was an amazing singer who did uh, her own version of sycamore trees oh. which really you know the the place was silent yeah. <laughs> for it we've heard amazing. her before she is so amazing mm, yes. at that. Yeah, mm. something yes. else. Mm. in the past they've had the uh train car that they did oh yeah the train car. Did they yeah. do that this year? 
<laughs> they did. They did. It's, yeah, it was. I. It was pretty scary because I was so far into the train car that Bob was pretty much on my feet oh. <laughs> whilst he was murdering Laura. <laughs> so I was pinned to the back of the train car. Think, oh my god, I should do something about it. I should kick him. I should kick him. I should stop this. <laughs> <man."> <laughs> don't kick him. <laughs> oh, no, don't don't mess with the timeline. But it's really well done. Um, it's yeah, it's kind of shocking to see it happening. Really, yeah. <laughs> Even though it's not really happening. If you see, but it's yeah, it, it pulls on the heartstrings. Can you talk about putting the roadhouse, the musical sequences together? You know, how did the how did David go about sourcing the bands and asking people to come? And then was it all shot in a single day or in a few days? Or the okay, so David had an idea of these bands. He knew of the roadhouse way back when he was describing to me what he wanted to see in the show. Yeah. And he always told me he had about 12 bands he wanted to right. shoot. Yeah. So he knew he, he wanted to have these bands in the roadhouse. And we scheduled one day, and we had all the bands come, one right after another. Yeah. And we shot. Was that a, was that a fun day? It was. Yeah. It was a great day. It was like a concert. And um, I think the extras there had a great time, you know, get to see everybody. And um, it was it was really great. I think, you know, David chose each, he's, he's the one who hand chose each band, yeah. every musician who played. Yeah. I know there were some people who had kind of not maybe criticized about the music because Angelo's music, of course, is beautiful. And Angelo is like David's brother. I mean, they're very close. David isn't that kind of guy where he's going to have that wall-to-wall -wall music. So I think that's the difference with the original series and this one. It was all David directing all the episodes versus having different directors all kind of trying to be Twin Peaks-like. So if you go back and look at the other ones, it's like every second of the day you have Angelo music. And that's not a bad thing, but it's different just because it's not a, um, you have one person kind of doing the whole vision of the show versus several people trying to match what somebody else did. Obviously meeting, you know, the guests is incredible. And oh, Jake Wardle, he's such a star. And if he's not a superstar in the future, it's not right. <laughs> He's so funny. He's like he was the star of all of the cast members. He was probably the funniest. And um, yeah, so it was great hearing him and his Q&A uh, doing impressions of David Lynch perfectly. Did he really? Oh, awesome. yeah. Oh. He's the king of accents and he just had him down to a T. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to try. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I bumped into Amy Shields in the toilet. <laughs> which was nice and uh, we talked makeup brushes we had a very girly moment which is very unlike me and don't do anything like that usually oh. um, so that was cool um, and I think but you know some of it was just sitting down and talking about Twin Peaks to people out loud not typing it just yeah. talking and sitting around and drinking coffee and blue drinks and coffee shots and probably being pretty drunk for the entire weekend <laughs> <laughs> from the very early in the morning <laughs> but no it, yeah I think it's the whole experience I don't think there's one specific thing it's just it just felt wonderful the whole weekend really. oh yeah I think we yeah. felt the same way I mean yeah. it just kind of takes over and it's, it's, mm. a, it's a wonderful thing it, there was a video of Kimmy and John 
uh, you know, uh, Lucy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Did, yes. Was that played at the fest? Is that where it originally came from? Or Yeah. So, yes, we had um, a, a hint from Lindsay that there was something special, so not to miss it, um, on the screen. And it was uh, James Grixoni first came on, drinking a, a cup of coffee <laughs> and, and wishing his love. And also uh, Alicia Witt as oh, well. Oh, uh, cool. yeah, a little a quick hello from her. Nice. <laughs> Chad and Lucy oh. at home. <laughs> um, yeah, that was really funny. And again, that was played twice. So it played on the Sunday as well. And on the Sunday viewing, there's also a bit from Medium as well. So that was that was lovely. It seemed to have been filmed at Christmas time because she had a Christmas tree up. So I think she was filming on the set of uh, Riverdale. So, yeah, there's a nice little film from her as well. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, it was really, it was really nice. I, I missed seeing Firewalk with me, though. I didn't see that because uh, I was playing Twingo, which is Twin Peaks Bingo. Which oh, was that the sounds most awesome. Fun. That was really good fun. I didn't win. I was probably glad I didn't win <laughs> because it meant I didn't have to go up on stage and do anything stupid. So uh. That was all good. <laughs> and there's loads of really good bands, but especially Prom Queen, they they were really, really good. Um, I think they're from the USA, I think. They did the mashup, that song, the uh, Stranger Things, Twin Peaks. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Yeah, that was really good. They were really, really good. And uh, DJ Yoda was uh, playing then on the Sunday night as well in the in the Roadhouse. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, That's so cool. it's just it was just jam packed. There wasn't a minute of nothing to do. There was always something you know really interesting to do as well. Yeah, I missed I missed a, a live owl show somehow. <laughs> huh. I completely missed that. Wow, <laughs> I've seen photos of one landing on Blake Morrow. I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Yeah. Every year we say we want to go, and I think we're trying to go next year. Is that right, maybe? Maybe we could try. Yeah. It seems expensive, but then when there is that much, you think that's really good value for money, to be fair. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. this, because there is so much going on, there isn't, like a, like I said, no, not a minute of wasted time. Right, There's, yeah. And so much free stuff. And I hardly bought any drinks. They're just around right. <laughs> and all free food <laughs> free coffee and, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, yeah, it's, and i do i love the way that what Lindsay does and organizing that and, and the yeah. show she puts on and it really is something she she should make yeah. it three days i feel like it's so much yeah. and what used to be one day yeah right so we got yeah. getting more so maybe <laughs> yeah. next year don't tell do... Lindsay that though i'm sure she's exhausted <laughs> enough after two days <laughs> if you're listening Lindsay, we want it three days <laughs> we yeah. want a week we, we want, want a week <laughs> and we'll be there <laughs> Uh, no, uh, hopefully next year. Uh, yeah, we should go because we've done them. We've mm-hmm. done the two here so right. far. Yep, we Great Southern and then the Washington. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and we saw Mark O'Brien. We met Mark yeah, O'Brien yeah. at the Washington. Yeah, one. he was my quiz friend. Yes, my quiz teammate. He's I think, hilarious. I think Luke Shaw. Yeah. There's a few, Luke there's a few Shaw people. was there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yes, Luke was a part of our party. It was the first time I'd met him as well. But again, yeah, it's like we've uh, known each other for years. He's a star. And yeah, yeah we had well, yeah, so many. Uh, Thor, uh, Thor Amley's short film, the yes. um, Summer House of Pearl Lakes. He was with us. Um, oh, um, Mario and Emily. <laughs> um, Oh, God, there's so many, so many people. Um, That's cool. Well, there is a great... Yeah, Blake, Blake yeah. Morrow with us, of course. Yeah, Blake. Um, yeah, yeah, Blake, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His photography is incredible. Oh, incredible. It is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I need to get I need to get some prints. I told him I want a coffee book, though. I want, yeah, I want the whole thing. <laughs> yes. I want every single <laughs> Twin Peaks piece in one big book there. It yeah. would be really cool. That would be something. <laughs> 
Uh, oh, it would be. It would be. Laura, can you um, share with us uh, 25 years later the, the work that you've been doing on the site? I'd love to hear more about the articles and stuff you've been doing. Oh, yeah. So I had, during the series, been doing uh, reviews of each episode, but mainly just the Gordon Cole and Albert side of things, the Buckhorn ah. side of things. But it all sort of intertwined <laughs> by the end anyway <laughs> uh, right. all, all the storylines all, all sort of met so it came a bit of a yeah a, an episode review and then since then I've kind of been just doing ad hoc things <laughs> uh, watched Firewalk with me again after seeing series three so that was kind of um, a new take on that and, and yeah just uh, a, a bit of some character uh, yeah, sort of talking about things that we perhaps now know. Like last week, I spoke about Major Briggs, what he'd been up to for the last twenty five years. Yeah, ground control to Major there. Briggs. I like the. I yeah. like the. I like <laughs> yeah. the title there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ground control. <laughs> yeah. Nice touch. Yeah. Is, was that your Was that your title? Did you come up with ground yeah. control? I like that. Yeah, yeah. 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 David Bowie. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Very yeah. nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. So yeah, I think I don't. Yeah. So this week I'll hopefully be getting um, about the the vest, and then after that I'm not quite sure, but I've um, just been promoted to editor as well. So well, congratulations! Yes. That's awesome. Wow. <laughs> yeah, really awesome news. Yeah, and no, I'm, I'm very proud to work for the site. They're, they're a really great bunch of people. Yeah, mm. I'm really impressed with the, all the stuff you guys are putting out. Yeah. I mean, like a friend of the show, John Bernardi, is always doing his things. Mm. It actually became a group thing. With it was like a podcast every week. They would uh, sum up, but it started with John and then I kind of the whole site seemed to take over or at least a lot of people in part of the site started uh, you know reviewing or not reviewing kind of looking at all these different podcasts yeah it's pretty cool yeah yeah, yeah. yeah no that's great yeah they're fantastic and they yeah it, it is so good to see so much stuff coming out every day I think having such talented writers on board as well and all that sort of it's a wealth of knowledge but it's all different field so i think it's yeah. not just one person's perspective it's nice to have all the different theories different writing styles it's yeah no it's it's That's such awesome. a great type. Mm. yeah definitely and i highly recommend people liking it on facebook because i'll get the articles on facebook mm. my or feed. twitter if you're or more twitter. of a twitter person like <laughs> or twitter i'm on twitter and facebook but uh, i'll I, I think i notice the articles more on facebook and then i'll notice them on twitter as well oh uh, yeah but um yeah. i i think it's great in this day and age that if you don't visit the webpage, you'll still get the content if you were to follow or like them on a social media. Yeah. And which yeah. is, it's, it's great because I'll be at work and I'll be like, I don't want to do work. I'll read this article. <laughs> yeah. And it's great. I love it. So. Nice. <laughs> it is easy to procrastinate. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. too easy these days. Yes. Very, very easy. <laughs> Well, Laura, it's wonderful to have you on the show. Can you tell people how they can follow you and how they can check out your work? Uh, yeah, so um, I'm obviously at 25 years later, site.com. Uh, on Twitter, my handle is at Mama Lula. That's Lula with a double O L A. <laughs> it's absolutely nothing to do with Wild at Heart. But <laughs> uh, yes, you'll find me on Facebook as well, um, Laura Stewart. So, yes, you can find me, but yes. Well, thank you, Laura. I look forward to reading you. your your UK <laughs> Fest article yeah. on Yeah, yeah. Later. There should be some really good photographs in there as well. Good friend, Emily, who took the best photograph, I think. I don't know if you've seen it yet. The um, There's a arm wrestle. Between, yes. Uh, yeah. And I Amy like Shields is running towards yeah, them. She, 
It was she just so ran good. into the room. Yeah, she That's just ran awesome. into the room as she was taking that photo. <laughs> Perfect photo. So I'm waiting. Uh, yeah, Emily's got some photos for me. So I'm going to add those to the article as well sometime this weekend. So hopefully it'll be out maybe this weekend. It is now time for Lost in Twin Peaks with Joel Bacco. while since we've had you on we haven't even talked to you since the show was ended here did we talk after it ended I no can't i don't think so no so we haven't talked since part 16 yep wow i know things have been happening That's crazy. here this week is a criterion collection of twin peaks Firewalk with me i think it's the same movie <laughs> same we're all gonna buy it again we're all gonna it's like it star again. wars oh, yeah. all over we again need we need it for the cheryl lee interview <laughs> Yeah, and I heard there might have been an, another thing. I, I know there was that one bonus thing, but there could be two bonus things. Batamente might be doing an interview as well. Yeah, that's kind of cool. <laughs> Very cool. Nice. Yeah, he did a really good one for Mulholland Drive for them. That's amazing, where he talks about like meeting this strange guy. I feel like, I can't remember if he was like who he was, if he was uh, mobbed up or something. He like <laughs> drove out to his house, and he was the guy that he based... The character that he that played right? in the Hall and Drive on, that's yeah, something. That's, that's a cool. great interview. Yeah. So now that we've seen season three of Twin Peaks, does that reshape Firewalk with me, Joel? Yeah. Well, actually, you guys caught me on the recording right between two tweets. So after I hang up, I'm going to do the follow-up one. <laughs> but I basically was saying that it seems like Firewalk with Me's place in the in Twin Peaks is always kind of fragile and fraught but in different ways. So for years, the threat to it was that it would be, was being rejected or being ignored. Like people didn't want to think of it as part of Twin Peaks. So it was kind of isolated over here. You know, there was rights issues, so it wasn't in the first gold box yeah. and all of this stuff. So then I think that was overcome um, in 2014 with the missing pieces and, the entire mystery set where it was like officially part of Twin Peaks. But now it seems like, I don't know if I want to call it a threat, but the challenge to it comes from the idea of it being reimagined or replaced somehow. Mm -hmm. And I think season three plays into that. And well, I mean, there's a lot we can say about Firewalk with me, first of all, and, and season three um, to start with the most obvious um, it's just all over the place in there, including literally footage from the movie. Yeah, you know, we've got yeah. a lot of made of David Bowie's character, a lot made of the Blue Rose, a lot made of the Owl Cave Ring. Carl mm. um, Rod is now a character in Twin Peaks. Yeah. So, I mean, anybody afraid, any lingering fears that those sort of decades of kind of being on the margins of Twin Peaks was going to continue, I think, was relieved to see that Firewalk With Me was just very, very central to, to the new series. And Lynch said that beforehand. Right. Um, now, the big, I think, central kind of 
um, involvement of Firewalk with me in the series was the last couple episodes where Cooper literally enters into the movie, hmm. you know, and we watch yeah. like several minutes from the film in black and white with the music removed, um, which is already in an interesting, compelling to me way of, of kind of recutting it, you know, because people talk about, will he make a new cut? Will he put the missing pieces back in, etc.? Yeah. That was a kind of an interesting way of doing that. I mean, for one thing, we saw deleted scenes, well, deleted shots that weren't in the missing pieces. Um, oh. Leland's looking a little longer and in a different direction than we saw in the film. And also the shot of um, Laura riding on the motorcycle with James, that really co- kind of cool shot almost looked like maybe it was some effects or something because the camera was right there alongside them. I don't know if he made modifications that night or what. So those are kind of, I don't want to call them the superficial ways, but kind of the obvious ways that Firewalk and me played into Twin Peaks now, or to season three. Now, the challenge that it kind of provides or the threat or whatever that a lot of people have interpreted it as is this idea that because Cooper tries to take Laura away and then she just, we see her, body disappearing um, from the pilot and everything like from that footage that he has now changed the end of firewalk with me. She isn't taken to the train car. Mm -hmm. She isn't murdered. And then consequently, she also doesn't see the angel in the, at the end of the film. So that kind of beautiful ending that everybody loved of her and Cooper sitting in the red room is now people are saying, okay, well that didn't happen. Um, I have a lot of issues with that, which we can probably get more into it another time, but for one thing, it, it, Fire Walk with Me is almost the least threatened part of that. It, they, if, if we believe that's what's happening, it erases literally the entire series, <laughs> including <laughs> right. including seventeen, including sixteen and a half hours of the return. Oh my! So gosh. in a way, Fire Walk with Me is not really the the biggest, the most threatened piece there. But we do potentially, according to some interpretations, lose this transcendent ending for Laura where she actually overcomes Bob and she's kind of reduced to an object once again and swept away. So in that sense, Firewalk with me is undermined because the central core of the movie arguably is her sort of journey into self-realization and the, the knowledge that she can defeat Bob and actually becoming the hero of the story in a way that even Cooper never could. Mm. So I think that's, that's sort of one area where, the impact of season three on the legacy of Firewalk with me is, is kind of questionable. People have gone back and forth about that. And then the other thing that I just want to mention, which I already kind of threw in there is today news came out that, um, Sabrina Sutherland, uh, I think at the UK twin peaks fest, which you guys are going to be covering. Um, she said that Lynch, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but something like he wouldn't rule out or he would consider, um, recutting Firewalk with me with the missing pieces inside of it. Um, well, putting at least some of them into it and recutting it. So I have a million problems with that, and I yeah. would be really dismayed if he did that. What do you guys think if David Lynch were to get Kyle McLaughlin to come in and they re- and they somehow redid the beginning part without Chet Desmond? Oh, my gosh. And they put no, Kyle no, McLaughlin no. in there. How would we feel about that? <laughs> That's an interesting oh, that what if. So... But, then, but if you <laughs> say that, then you'd then have like... to edit the return or the uh, season three because they mentioned Chet as well. So you'd have to. Well, Chet Desmond could exist, but you just don't know <laughs> oh, who he no. is because that was really supposed to be Kyle McLaughlin. So I think to me that would be kind of interesting to see because in the original script that just, was Kyle. So I'm just picturing him with like 
I mean, they did it with Cheryl Lee and they pulled it off, but that was sort of like she was in shadow and she was, and I'm just picturing like Kyle McLaughlin in like young person makeup walking yes. around, <laughs> walking around like a green screen with like Deer Meadow right. stuff behind him. Oh, and like no. someone hands him a coffee and you just see the hand reaching. Yeah. Right. Cooper's saying, what time is it, Sam? And it's like, yeah, I'd be yeah, like, yeah. Hey, no. It'd be like a young, a young Indiana Jones. It'd be young Cooper. Oh, the only person who would be happy if that happened would be John Thorne. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was a just dream kidding. all along. Yeah. Man. No, it'd yeah. be kind of cool. I mean, it'd be interesting but I kind of feel like if David Lynch were to add things, I don't know. I don't really know what would it do, really. Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting I to agree. see in uh, season three how they did add this uh, footage the, yeah. of uh, Firewalk With Me. And it's interesting, like, you know, I have Firewalk With Me where Laura screams. And, and I'm thinking, originally I thought it was probably Leland or Bob. And she just screams out of darkness. And she's also high. Yeah. But it's interesting that they decided to put yeah. Cooper as... What yeah, screaming at. I mean, that was clever in a way to say, "Hey, we can go back and now say you had no idea what she was screaming at, and now you do." Uh huh. And that for me is the biggest piece of evidence that's maybe paradoxical in a way because there's other evidence that suggests otherwise. But that's the biggest evidence that he actually didn't change anything, and that everything we're seeing happened with it already within the world of Firewalk with me that I knew and went yeah. to the same that we knew and went to the same ending. I mean, then we'd have to consider, okay, so. When she swept back, and she just swept back to that spot, and then she kind of stumbles on, confused, to Jacques and Leon. It's like, what was that weird vision I just had, or right. something? Like, it, it's sort of hard to explain. There are a lot of suggestions that no, she's at least split off into a different universe where mm. that didn't happen and stuff. So it's complicated, but you have to say, I mean, if she's screaming and it's the same exact shot of her screaming, and what she's screaming at is Cooper, then Cooper was in. That scene in Firewalk with Me, we yeah. just didn't see him. If you're going right. to be that literal about the narrative, you know, like which yeah. Yeah. if you're talking about alternate timelines and stuff like that, you're already being pretty literal. And so you might as well take it all the way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now, what did you guys think about the um, impact that it kind of had on Firewalk with Me or, or how it made you see Firewalk with Me differently or how it? How firewalk with me. I just thought about Judy. It was interesting. For so long, we talked about what who oh, was totally Judy. Totally forgot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, like for the longest time, it was always like, oh, it was Josie's sister. At least that you know that was Bob Angle's uh, idea of it. So it was interesting yeah. to see that it's more complicated. First, that it could be like this this evil force, but then you you, you do have a person. That it's it seems like it could be Sarah Palmer. So like mm -hmm. in season three, we're talking about like, oh, you met Judy before. Yeah. It's like, well, how have we met her before? It only maybe if Judy is in Sarah. At least that's my interpretation yeah. of that. But it's interesting to see that I didn't think we'd ever find out who Judy was. It's great that they were willing to go there, but then they made it more mysterious because it's an evil force. I liked how they, they, they kept that mystery alive, and that's something yeah. I was worried about. And I know Ben and myself, we we I interpret, and I, I, I know Ben feels the same way, uh, when Laura and, you know, Cooper's walking with Laura, we don't feel erased anything. We, no. we see mm -hmm. it as he tried, but you can't change the past. Right. This, is, this, this happened. Right. So when she screams, she disappears. We I kind of took it as you failed. You can't save her now because this happened. She's going to die. Yeah. And he he's trying to figure it out. Right. And what did yeah. Cooper say at the sheriff's station? The past dictates the future. future. So it's so funny. Yeah. Like the the past dictates the future, and yet you went to the past. It's like, I mean, I don't know. It yeah. Seems to me, like that's you're going the wrong. There's direction. a lot of strange stuff going on with Cooper in the show. The more I think about it, it's like. 
why was he doing various things he was doing? Why did he think that he should be doing various things? What was the process by which he decided to do those? It, it's kind of funny. Like the, I, it's almost like when I was watching the show, middle sections were kind of, I was like uncertain and like, where's this going? Is this really all holding up? And then the end came and because so much happened so fast and I was along for the ride, it was kind of like, yes, okay, it's coming together. Now going back and watching it, I actually feel like the middle sections kind of in some ways hold up, I don't know the best, but they hold up really well as mm. just the sort of meandering exploration of these characters in this town and this these little events and they all kind of come together and they do one follows the other and things happen and there's this story being told. And then at the end, I almost feel like they kind of throw it out the window and are just like, okay, now let's, um, you know, <laughs> so I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm totally fluctuating all over the place in my sort mm -hmm. of read of the whole thing. It's, it's interesting. It's kind of fun in a way. <laughs> Definitely. And for, it seems to me that Cooper was, was being directed by the fireman, but also he was being directed by Major Briggs. And he talks about like, I, uh, you know, Frank Truman, I know you've got the key because Major Briggs told me. It's like, when did he tell you? Like, was it when he was yeah. a floating head? I mean, like, yeah, when did this yeah. happen? So it's funny that, like, he yeah. downloaded a lot of information that we didn't see. And it, I'm yeah. fascinated by that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, get, you got a lot of information from somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> I would love to see the script and just get a real, start to get a real sense of what Lynch changed and how he changed it. Because it does... I don't know. Sometimes I think, no, it was pretty much straight to screen other than, you know, the things we know that he changed. And sometimes I think maybe there was something, there was a different shape to it. And he kind of jettisoned a lot of that as he came up with other stuff he wanted to do. I don't know. I'm just, it's very curious. I, mostly I just, I really like to know Mark Frost's contribution because yeah. it's, I, I think, was it, who was it that you spoke to? Was it John? Probably I think John it was Thorne. you and John. Yeah, it might have been another podcast, but I think it was you guys saying it felt like this was kind of Frost. Oh, it was Mark Givens actually. He said he felt like Frost was um, kind of just the writer on this. Like unlike their previous collaboration, where they were really equal partners in the whole creation, especially because it was a TV show, and you know, yeah, Lynch would direct his episodes, but not be that involved with some of the other stuff. It felt like this time, like. They sat down, they wrote together like he would with, you know, Barry Giffords or um, anybody else that he right. worked with. And then Frost kind of went off and Lynch made it his project. So yeah. I think I'd be interested to way. see yeah. kind of if, if, if that's the case, like how Frost's voice kind of gets filtered through that now. Yeah. But I don't know if we'll know. I'm curious to know if <laughs> – if the ending was originally 17 and David Lynch decided yeah, to add on really, 18. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About that. Although I got to say that was one of the first things they shot because we all, whoever was paying attention, got spoiled back yes, in like spoiled. two weeks into the shooting. So right. It's like, why don't we unless, get to the Palmer house? <laughs> yeah, unless he just had the idea while they were there and was like, didn't even know how he would lead up to it and then shot the Texas stuff later. I mean, that's always possible, but yeah. that would be that would be really wild if that's what happened. Like he came up with that idea while he had both actors, but then why would she be up there? Because she didn't have any other scenes in Washington. So yeah, yeah, it's it. It must have been planned out. It must have been. Oh no, I was gonna say. I think was it Sabrina, but yeah. Mark Frost um, and David Lynch. From what we heard, was they they wrote the script together, and yep. then Mark Frost went to go write his book, and then David Lynch yeah. he directed, and Mark Frost would only visit. <laughs> 
Yes. Yeah. And right. um, yeah. and so and then David Lynch would just do things that, off the cuff. Right. Yeah. So a lot of that stuff sense. that they wrote together could have been Nate a little bit because David Lynch was like, "Well, I want to do this." Yep. You know. I so, wonder if it was next or if it was just added to. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. But, and Sabrina, I mean, I, I may have been when we were at the fest, the, the the Washington fest there, Twin Peaks fest, that she said that David Lynch did contact uh, Mark Frost right. whenever he made a change. So it wasn't yeah. like he was like, oh, I'm yeah. going off and forget Mark. He at least, Mark never said no to anything, but at least he did always tell him when he was making yeah, he, changes. Yeah, he respected yeah. that yeah. communication. Yeah. The, the big news today that I saw was um, Ross on Twitter who's part of Dugpa and everything and has a lot of great insights. I mentioned um, that there was an Italian, an interview with Sherilyn Fenn in an Italian newspaper in which she just flat out says that she cried when she read the part that Lynch wrote for her and he rewrote it. So we have confirmation on that now, which is huge. For season three or what are we talking about? For season three, yeah. She, he... So he, she had a different part written for her. She didn't want to do it, and he rewrote it as what we saw on the show. Oh, my so that's, gosh. that's huge. That's, like, really the first big behind that. I mean, people were already guessing that because it was strongly suggested in a previous interview she gave and everything. But to have confirmation on that is kind of amazing. And everybody, I think, that I've seen is pretty – and I, I go along with this too – strongly suspects she was supposed to be in Sylvia's place. Nothing yeah. to go on officially on that, but just putting – one and one together, it seems like that's very likely that that was going to be her scene. Yeah, I mean that would make sense. The funny thing is, too, <laughs> that, is I, that I, would make you cry. I yeah, think, yeah. To, to get the script after twenty five years, and uh. that's it. Well, I I wanted more than a cameo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I was verbal about it. <clears throat> I'm like, I can't. I want to be in every episode. And um, it was funny, I was with Cheryl Lee when we were talking to him, and she, she went to the bathroom, and then she came back, and David's like, Cheryl and Finn says she wants to be in every episode. And Cheryl's like, well, she should be. <laughs> My loyal friend. It was probably the most disappointing of season three, of mm-hmm. what the frick was going on with right, her. Right. And then the payoff, the payoff... I, I will give it. The payoff made me intrigued. But I yeah. wanted more. It was a very quick payoff that, God, I kind of wish for season four so we know yeah. more. So I have a different read on it because I actually kind of – I really liked those scenes. I just thought they were so strange and they were so Lynchian in a p- particular way that season three sometimes wasn't. Like I think the Roadhouse conversations were this way. Mm-hmm. The Audrey-Charlie scenes were this way. And part mm-hmm. 18 was this way where it's almost non-narrative yet it's using all these narrative elements in a really disorienting way that you know if you if you if you let yourself, you can just kind of get almost like like discombobulated by it in a way that can be kind of fun, yeah, um, where your mind just starts to like drift drift off yes. like right. I'm losing my am i am I on drugs? what's going on <laughs> <laughs> the name dropping so, so I, I, I kind of liked that, but yeah. yeah, not everybody did, and some of that feel is to me is lost highway, which is my favorite yeah. David Lynch film, so I'm like, yeah. I should love this, but I think part of me is I'm <laughs> And I do like it to yeah. some degree, but at the same time, it's like, okay, this is Twin Peaks. I want the story. I, I do want some of that nostalgia. I want mm-hmm. some of that feel. Mm-hmm. So it, it's right. hard for me, I think, at times to be like, oh, we're not going to get closure. We're not going to – we're just going right. to drift off and, and just 
take it in and experience it. And I know that's hard. The Roadhouse stuff really intrigued me because it gave. Uh, I think Joel, you and myself, we were talking about this narrative how they were just going to give us stuff mm. and not. Who knows if it's going to pay off? It's just giving this. Yeah, you were right world. about that more than anybody else, I think. Yeah, just like a breathing, living world. And yeah. the original Twin Peaks was about cocaine, about the the drug of the '80s and the '90s. Mm. Now you have the the drug of now, which would probably be the opioids, the heroin, and they call it Sparkle. So it's kind of interesting. They took up they took that modern thing, but that narrative in the Roadhouse kind of goes into Audrey's story. Yeah. And it's interesting. I really want to watch all that stuff condensed. Like, I want to watch a whole, all the Roadhouse stuff put together with the Audrey scenes because I think it would make more sense. Yeah. Because there's so many names. It's interesting, yeah. The Tinas (laughs) and this and that. I mean, also, I think this new information contextualizes those scenes to the point where I think rather than, I, I think people who are, disappointed that audrey played like really what we got was actually a bigger compromise and a bigger sort of bone thrown to her and a sort of a more generous one to her and the audrey fans i mean in the context of expecting her to like be an fbi agent or something it's a disappointment (laughs) but if if you realize that the other option may have been one scene in which she's assaulted by her grandson and thrown Uh, on the floor that would have been it Right. This is actually kind of a gift. Yeah. Um, well, knowing in that, that sense, yeah. especially to her, yeah. because the character meant so much. And it's it the the way I put it in one um, talk I had with somebody was, Audrey isn't central, but she's special. Yes. And yeah. this kind of honors that she's right. not central to the main story. She's not even a part of it. She's yeah. off in the side bubble, but she's allowed to kind of keep her specialness by being this unique little side bubble that everybody's wondering right. about that lives on its own. So I kind of like that. And having that Audrey dance, I know it's not like, it was a, it was a yeah. strange dance, but having that, like, you have, <laughs> yeah, I like that. I loved it. But yeah, you had the MC <laughs> who kind of like, we are going to, we, we're going to set the stage for her and uh-huh. everybody's going to back away and she's going to have her moment of dance. I think that was pretty special in a way to have that. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. then the, the payoff there. Right. I wanted to hear kind of your thoughts on, um, Maybe this is a big topic to tackle, but since the Criterion release is coming out, um, kind of like Firewalk of Me, maybe a little in light of season three, but how it kind of functions as its own thing as well. Because that's what intrigues me about this release um, is just like this, I, this, this release of it amongst all these great titles of film, not as like a part of Twin Peaks, but as like a film that's one of the great films that now belongs to, you know, the Criterion collection with mm-hmm. all these other great films so i don't know if you have any particular thoughts on that i i've you know it's so funny like you, you, you people sometimes ask like what is your favorite david lynch film and i always of course they pick lost highway but i always yeah. have trouble putting firewalk with me as a film like it is a film interesting yeah i always think of it oh it's a continuation of twin peaks and it's still hard for me to separate that as outside of as its own entity, as its own film. And it is a work, a great work of art, but like, I don't know. How, what do you feel, Brian? How does it stand? I, I mean, I've said this before. I still, uh, I think Eraserhead and Firewalk With Me are my two favorite Lynch films and Elephant Man. And, and then I think my mood changes the rest. But I, Firewalk With Me, to me, stands, I could, it could stand alone. I almost feel like you could show someone and, yeah, it gives away a mystery, but mm-hmm. someone could still watch that and enjoy it as is. And it might, you know, I, I think I think it stands on its own personally. I, I love it. I, I could watch it 
I could watch it a million times and see and hear and just find new things every time. Yeah, know? when we saw it, we yeah, saw it on the big sense. screen in May. It was funny. There, there were sounds that I had never, never heard, heard before, and, and that was incredible to and me. At the very end, Joel, I don't know if you've no, noticed, we saw this in the theater. It was cranked. I swear to you, that was David Bowie saying Judy at the very end. <laughs> and yeah, then, And then what happened was someone was watching on Showtime, and yeah. the subtitles said... Um, Agent Jeffries. A- Agent Jeffries. Right. And then Sabrina on Twitter said, no, that's wrong. Yeah. It shouldn't say that. But I said to Ben, when we saw it in the theater, I'm like, that is Agent Jeffries' right. voice. And it still kind of makes sense to me because... Like he's talking about that he was at the meeting and like you don't see him there. Like, yeah. like where is he? Like he's saying I attended this meeting <laughs> uh-huh. and you're looking around and it's like I see like a lot of strange people, but I don't see <laughs> Agent Jeffries. Yeah. And so it kind of makes sense to me that you have that that could be him, but yeah, uh, yeah, hanging from the ceiling or something. <laughs> <laughs> he's invisible. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, Joel, uh, we gotta go, but I mean, we gotta get you back on the show more regularly again. We gotta get back to these. Uh, Lost in Twin Peaks uh, segments. Yeah, for sure. Plenty to talk about. Yeah. And I'm just beginning work on the on basically rebooting the character series because it's a full reboot. It's starting ah. from not from scratch because I'm using what I wrote before, but the whole list is going to be different. I'm going to republish ones that have changed and put ah. links to the ones that didn't. So it's it's going to be basically starting over to include the return in it now. Excellent. Nice. You so did a great job fun. with what you did. I know that it, it was it was a lot to try and put them out. <laughs> yeah, I put myself under way too much of a deadline. <laughs> so don't give yourself these 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 tight no, deadlines. Give time, yourself yeah. room yeah. to breathe. Yeah. Well, thank you, Joel. Thanks so much for coming on to talk with us. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Joel Baco, and thank you again to Laura Stewart for coming on the show. Another great show, Brian. Oh, very good. If you like what we do, please go on iTunes. Give us that five-star review. Please leave us a nice comment. Also, we're on Google Play. We're on Stitcher. Also, Ben, how is the Twitter going? Twitter's been awesome, and I, we have a great community. And, you know, just looking at the 25th anniversary of Wrapped in Plastic and seeing how the community all came together to, to honor the magazine and John Thorne. I mean, I love Twitter. I love the people out there, and they've been supporting us so so much. Yes. Also, all the people that has jumped on board uh, Facebook with us, the likes keep coming in, and... Uh, we've been posting a lot of news and the podcast, a lot of great feedback. People are sending us messages all the time. People are going back and listening to the old shows still, and I'm still getting feedback about stuff we recorded two years ago. It's so cool. So, so And you got YouTube. YouTube, we got a great uh, community there as well yes. who are always leaving uh, feedback about the show. Thank you to people out there on YouTube. Read Laura Stewart's The Twin Peaks UK Fest 2017 We Live Inside a Dream Come True article at 25yearslatersite.com and listen to us next week as we unwrap Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks.